I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Carly Pepin. She is an international speaker and a consultant with a specialized focus on human behavior. With a global reach, she delivers the message that regardless of one's background, occupation, or origin, every individual encounters personal and professional challenges stemming from their own perceived flaws. Carly emphasizes that the key to living a fulfilling life lies in how you utilize and transform these stories. Having devoted her life to mastering the intricacies of human behavior, Carly empowers others to do the same. Through her expertise, she guides individuals in looking beyond the surface and delving into the core essence of their being. By uncovering and addressing the deeper issues that hinder personal growth, Carly enables her clients to design their lives with purpose rather than succumbing to a life dictated by duty. Welcome to the show, Carly. Thank you for having me, Kara. I am so glad to have you here. That bio, man, you're really speaking to me with that. So (laughs) why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so I love to help people create a life by design, something that's inspiring to them, purposeful for them, that they wake up every day doing things that they love to do, including facing challenges. Sometimes we think that that looks like living a happy life, but we're never going to get what we want. And we're never going to have the life we want if everything's perfect and bubbly and happy all the time. It actually takes some stressors and challenges and things that we go through to get there. And the more that we're aligned with something that's inspiring, the less likely that you're actually going to be stopped. And when those situations occur and what I love about how we incorporate like this with books and education is there's really individuals out there who have researched so much, studied so much, assisted so much, and they compile their knowledge and wisdom in these little packages for us that we get to utilize to empower ourselves. So I'm really inspired to share some of the books that have been helpful for me, my clients that, and um, so many other people yeah. <laughs> that we can dive into. Yes, we could talk for hours about books, I'm sure. So, um, but so I want to ask, is this, did you find you were using that these techniques in your own life? And that's what kind of spurred you to create something like this? Yeah, I found that I found that I was trying to make my life easier at a certain point, right? Like I was actually working in a career that if I look back, it was like my favorite, by the way, it was the most challenging, but also the most inspiring because I was getting to do things. I was leading, I was doing things I loved. Right. And I did, I couldn't see that the challenges that I was going through were on the way. And so I quit that job and I took a job that was easy. That would give me more time and money. And then I got bored. I got so bored. And as I got bored, I thought to myself, like, what is the purpose of life? Right. I moved out of the country to thinking like that would solve it. And I was like, I'm going to move somewhere else and solve my problems. It did not work. And then the less and less I had all this distraction on the outside, the more and more I realized like it's time to actually find out what life means to you, Car. You know, and that's when I started to kind of recenter and refocus and find books, teachers, um, other mentors, educators, other systems, practices to assist me in finding those tools. 
yeah. And now it's like, you know, I look back at that job that I quit because it was too challenging. And I was like, I mean, I'm also really grateful I quit it because I loved it so much. I was like, wow, you'd probably still be doing it instead of your coaching. And I was like, so it's a really good thing you quit because I like the coaching more. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I always have said with our life with moving with the military, it had forced me back when I was a physical therapist to change my jobs frequently, right? Because we were moving where, like you said, I think if we would have stayed in Chicago, where we were originally from, I would have stayed at the same job probably forever just because it was easy and it would be comfort, right? And it would be what I've known. But this lifestyle has pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And it's been so rewarding, right? Like it was scary at first, but some of those things that are really scary, I think, give you the greatest reward at the same time. It's really true. Yeah. It helps you to grow, to evolve. It helps you to face parts of yourself like that you're scared of and pull out things that you never knew you had. Like it's a, it's just an inspiring thing to give yourself to build your self-worth through like that level of experience. So, and yeah. traveling, I mean, just being able to move in different places, you know, this every time you move, it's like getting settled and diving into a new culture. Cause even every city in like the U S is a different culture and experience. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I've loved it for that, to get to experience and see different places and not be just a tourist in the city, right? Like when you live there, I feel like you really do get to feel the place and the culture. Um, so I've loved it for that. So where did you move? You said yeah. you moved out of the country, you said? I went to Australia. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I went as far away from LA as possible. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Okay, how long did you go there for? I was there for a year. I was okay. There for a year. And probably um, I almost gave up after the first month because I was just so miserable because I was expecting I had unrealistic expectations that this was going to solve problems and make me happy. But happiness doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. So I stayed and I just dedicated myself to, you know, finding a different way and like building it from the inside as opposed to relying on outside sources. Because this is the truth. Like whenever we build it from the inside, it's totally going to go in all the books too, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) We build it in the inside. Like um, you can live anywhere in the world. And I know you know this, you travel all the time. You're moving all the time because of the military. So when you have it in the inside, it doesn't matter where you are. You just pull it from within and you put it into the new place you're in. So it's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we've shed a lot of material things because it just is too much of a pain to move it all over the place. And so I have less and less attachment to material things because it just yeah. with all the moving and packing and unpacking it's like well i haven't touched that since two moves ago so i think it's time to go it's gone yeah <laughs> and like you said i think just more honing in on what's important to me and being less and less on material has been a really good okay i have switch. a question you love books do you bring your books with you so i actually am a yeah. huge get like book giver because whenever I read a book I'm honestly if it's a book that I have in the physical copy uh-huh. I'm thinking the whole time I'm reading it who am I going to mail this to or who am I going to give this to because I don't want to keep it the only books I really keep are the classics that I think my kids might read like we have like Anne of Green Gables and the Little House on the Prairie books and I mean that's where they're at right now but I've also kept some of like the John Steinbeck those are the ones that travel around with me or the unread ones. So what yeah. you're seeing behind me on my video is my unread books. Yes. That's so cool. Um, That's so funny. Those are like my my classics. Okay. And the 
I have a bunch of unreads or like faves on there that I'm like, I can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, you can't until you read them. And I, like, it's like both my husband and I's collection, right? Like it's, it they're not all mine over there, but we do have another bookshelf upstairs and two in each of the kids' rooms. There you go. So we do, but the military does pay to move us. So we're not paying in yeah. weight of the books, which helps a little bit. Helpful. Yeah. It's just more the physical work, which I totally understand. I'm like, I wonder how many books she moves. With. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> a big rereader because I just, I feel like there's so many books out there that I don't really mm. spend time rereading unless it was like an all-time favorite. Maybe I'll revisit it down the line. But mm-hmm. so for me, that's why I just try to give books away. And I'm usually thinking and trying to do a little book matchmaking. Like, who's this going to go to? And you can mail yeah. books for cheap because they can go via media mail. So it's cheaper than the regular, like, postage price. So, I mean, it's like three bucks to mail someone a book. And I feel like it gives them a smile. I'll write them a little note. Let them know I'm thinking of them. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So how long ago were you living in Australia when you had this realization like okay I need to make a change here I moved there in 2011 okay and it was cool because it's like um you know they say like it's the same when student is ready the teacher appears and and I really do believe it's true like you know I was ready to have that shift and transformation and the universe was like all right we'll give you all the stuff that that's going to be perfect for you yeah and I met some really quality like mentors I started reading different things I started getting different suggestions and stuff and really started understanding and and I took the time it was cool because at the time I was working from home right I know more people are accustomed to that now but uh, the company I was working for I was going to move and quit the job, but I had been, I'd been with them for about 10 years, but I was like, I really want to do this. And I actually give them a year notice. Wow. <laughs> okay. And you work with someone for 10 years, like they're yeah. your friend. So I gave me your notice. And then towards the, about three months before I moved, she said, I've really been thinking about it. And I know that you can do X, Y, Z when you're there. And how about we pay you X amount? And I was like, I would love to, you know, I'd love to. So I had a really great opportunity to work from home, get the work done kind of on my own schedule, make sure it got completed and really invest my time and energy in personal development, exploring a different country. Like I said, like exploring different cultures, really immersing myself in it to just, just shift my perceptions. Yeah. Yeah. And come back home, come back to myself. Yeah. Yeah, So it was a really great opportunity. I love what you said about being open to the opportunity as well. Right. Like I think there's so many times in our life that we just might not be ready to receive that information. And so, you know, having that right time line up. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I feel like this is a really good segue because you're talking about reading and doing all this digging in. So what type of reader are you now today? What type of books do you enjoy? Yeah. So I love reading about all things that I'm trying to move into, right? Like I'll consistently read about spirituality, um, understanding yourself, understanding human behavior. I love philosophers. I absolutely love like philosophers because they, they question what is the meaning of life? Yeah. (laughs) And we all just sit there and we're like, what's the meaning of life? And it's like, tell me Ralph Waldo Emerson. (laughs) 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 It's really fun. Yeah. really get lost in those. Um, and then I also just love studying things. Like I love to understand how things work. So even when I kind of made it, I'm like, I'm going to dedicate myself also right now, like to becoming financially independent period. Like I'm just dedicating. So I've been reading all these books and stuff about 
markets and crashes. And it's really cool because like you hear the stories and stuff. And I just love being able to look at it in my day-to-day life and being like, okay, these are the mistakes they made. And I'm like, where am I actually doing that right now? And I can find it. I can find where I'm doing and taking the risks that they are. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like we all do this stuff in our little micro scale. So when I think about reading, like I don't just read something. I want to understand like the world, right? I want to understand how it works so I can be more prepared. But also like I try to apply it to my day-to-day life because it can be applied to the micro scale. And when you see it, you're like, Oh shit, I did over leverage there. Yeah. I was like, maybe it's time for me to like put in a little game plan. Cause I actually saw it was, it was last month. I was like, Oh, I did over leverage a little bit. I see that I actually did what they did. And I was like, okay, what are the problems that could occur? And it had me all these extra questions. And I was like, what can I put in place? And so it was really cool. So I think books, books in so many ways do so many more things than, than we expect. And even saying that when I was growing up, I wasn't reading this stuff to the same degree. Okay. I was reading like when I was a kid, I loved to read like mysteries and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. which is the same. I still love to solve mysteries. I just want to know like why we're here, what we're doing. Yeah. But like loved like the mystery books. And then at a certain point in high school, I started reading like these like um Emil Zola. And I would sit there and I'd read. And one of my favorite things is A, it felt it felt real. Like there was no fantasy story about romance and stuff. I was like, whoa, this is real life. I could yeah. see this really happening. Like if if things went crazy and affairs and stuff, I was like, yeah, thanks, Emil. Yeah. And then on top of that, like just the way that he would portray Paris. And I just felt like I was there. And so like books give us so much. And even that fiction like time, it was like understanding, getting getting at all these fantasy Cinderella stories about romance, like tapping into the real world and feeling like I could see Paris. And when I go to Paris now, it's funny. I remember the books and I remember when he talks about the Seine and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I could see it. I could see it through his eyes. He helped me to travel before I was traveling. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love books for that reason too. And I've really sank into them in like in motherhood again, just because I can't always travel from my house, right? Like I'm stuck at the house for a nap time or whatever it might be, but I can go pick up a book and I can travel through the pages in that mm-hmm. quiet spot in the day or, you know, but when I, maybe like the frustration of like, ah, I'm stuck in this house and going crazy a little bit. It's like, well, I can escape through a book and yeah, I've loved them like- for that go today yeah I love that so it sounds like you read books very deeply though like you're even you're reading them and you're how can I apply this to my life do you have any tips I feel like I don't always read that way so do you have any tips for reading that way it's it's kind of like I mean since it's also my job right like it's something I love it so much it naturally occurs in my head so whenever I read book I'm consistently thinking and pulling up examples in my own life sometimes even in my client's life right in my friend's life sometimes I'll I'll hear something I'll I'll call my friend and I'll be like girl like girl I'm like I'm gonna ask you a question let me know if this works like let me know like reflect on this is this an insight or am I just like did I just like find something that's not there? Okay. <laughs> and she'll right. be like, no, this is cool. So I kind of, when I listen, I try to think about, yeah, just, just I'll listen to something and and some theory they say. And I'm like, how does that apply? Like I'll actually be thinking while I'm listening. Okay. I listen to audiobooks when I walk a lot and I'll just be thinking about it. I'm like, how does that apply to my life? You know? Yeah. I'm like, I could see that. I can actually see that that's true. And what I like about doing that too, is that it helps us to find the truth in books as well. Cause there's sometimes you, you hear something and you look and you look at life and you're like, no, like I could see maybe sometimes how that happens, but 
It's not always that way. I don't agree yeah. with you. Like, I see all these other situations and circumstances. So it helps us refine the knowledge too, just by that simple reflection as we're listening or reading. Yeah. yeah. I was, you know, I was wondering if you were like a note taker, maybe, or you journal oh, about it or. Yeah, no, I'm awful at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like awful at it. I will take notes if I get like a big aha on something that I okay. can work I'll send myself literally an email and say work on and then I'll give a little note on like what it is or if I get in big aha for like my husband or something I'll send myself a note and I'll be like talk to Amr xyz yeah yeah <laughs> that's uh, it that's I love that so I think for me it's, I'm like okay how she does this just maybe yeah. pausing to like reflect on that pause point yeah <laughs> pause the book and reflect <laughs> Close the book. My brain's just like, do, 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 do. let's find it. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, I'm part of a small book club with just two friends and we read a lot of personal development books within this book club we're in together. And I found that I apply more techniques that way, or I f- flesh through yeah, things wow. more because I'm now talking to two other friends about the same book we're reading, but we're applying our life where I don't have that same dialogue a lot when I'm reading just to read for me. Right. So that has helped for me. Yeah. That's cool. And I think for like people, it's like what way works best for you. Like I have a mentor and he, he loves documenting and he'll literally like copy and paste things from other books and other people. And he compiles all the information and I pay a lot of money to get it, you know? And sometimes (laughs) it's like, I'll read it. I'll be like, Oh my God, is that you? Or is that someone else? Like you can't really tell. And he might minorly adjust it. And he's not like stealing anything. It's just sure. It's like Sometimes it's just open archive stuff from the past. And he's just, he's read 40,000 books and he just, he says it, I do the best I can to quote as many people as possible. And I'm like, totally, I get it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I really want it. I really want to find my own voice. And I know that if I store it too much to a high degree, I like subordinate to how someone else says it or how someone else perceives it. But when I don't store it, it forces me to pull up the information in my own voice. Yeah. And so that's why when people are like, do you take notes and stuff? And I'm like, no, no, just only for that reason. Cause I want to, I want to find my own voice in my own way and share it through my lens. Cause I know that if my, if my teachers didn't share it through their lens, it never would have landed with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if it was from the old lens, it wouldn't have landed. I would have gone to the, the old lens sure. if that's what I didn't though. I came to you because I wanted it through your, your lens. So I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do that? And I was like, well, just think about it, integrate it. And then it becomes wisdom. It's not just knowledge, it's wisdom. And then we can like talk about it in our own ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the way you're applying it to your own story, I think probably helps a lot with that for you, right? Is like you're archiving it as your own story too. Yeah. So it's like something that we remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. Okay. I'm going to get back to you on this. I'm going to see if I can do this next time I go down into a personal development book. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Well, and then in, let's talk really quick why we're still kind of on this coaching a little bit. How, I guess I don't even know, how does someone become a coach? Like I hear, feel like I see this term and I hear this term, but I just don't know much about it. Can you tell me about that? 
Yeah. So there's so many different ways to do it. Like there's places that you could go through certifications. There's places who do business training, coaching training, all these different modalities and stuff. My biggest suggestion is find something that works for you and whatever works the best for you, dedicate, dedicate your life to that. If it doesn't have a certification, who cares? What I've realized and part of the journey, because I was like, oh, I don't have a, a therapy degree. I don't have a psychology degree. I don't have any degrees. Like I didn't, I didn't go to college. College, right? Yeah. High school done, straight to work, straight into business entrepreneurship. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So I didn't go to college. And so I, for so long, like you, you sit in front of a doctor and you're like, am I going to be good enough? Right. And so when you get that out of your mind, it's like, how do you become a coach? Go find something that makes a difference. If it made a difference in your life and you've seen it made a difference in your friends and families, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, nobody cares what your accolades are. They just care about getting a transformation in their life. They just want to live. They want to, they want to feel alive. They want to wake up every day doing things that they love. They want to feel better about their challenges. So it's like, don't worry about all like the fluff and everyone telling you, you have to do this and you need to do this. Find something that makes a difference. And if it does make a difference and it's changed your life, dedicate your life to giving that to people. And again, they do not care. And now I work, I work with tons of people with like all different backgrounds and doctors and all this stuff. And they don't even ask me anymore because I have that certainty. I'm like, this is what I know. This is what's going to get you the result. Let's get to work. Yeah. Yeah. And if that doesn't work for you, then that's okay. But this is, this is what I know about. Right. And this is what you're signing up for this time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So how would a potential client find you? Yeah. My website is the okay. best. All right. com is like the best and it's got all the information, whatever your favorite social media channel is. I know we all have different ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> listeners, yeah. I will share that link in the show notes for sure. So you can find those. Um, okay. So back to reading, how yeah. in your busyness of life, do you find time to read? Audiobooks are the best. Okay. Audiobooks are the best. Uh, and I don't know for anyone in the United States, go get a library card. I have the Libby app. And because before I was paying for audiobooks and I was spending a fortune every month. And then I can't remember who told me, oh, my friend, my friend Denise told me about Libby. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, what? All these audiobooks? And now I have like 30 audiobooks on like my hold list and I'm just, and you could just shuffle through things over and over again. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, I wake up early, I got a puppy, I go for a walk, hour and a half. That's an audiobook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anytime you're in the car, you get to listen to an audiobook. While I was getting ready for a podcast, I was listening to an audiobook. <laughs> like yeah. clean up, listen to an audiobook. Yep. Yeah. So you can, you can incorporate it. Um, I love audiobooks. And then sometimes if you just love sitting down and reading, it's giving yourself permission at the end of the night, maybe like you spend an hour and maybe you don't watch a movie that night. Maybe you just sit down and read a book. I love how you did it too. Like you love your community and you love your friends. So it's like, well, why don't I have a book club too? Yeah. You, know? you love community. Do it with other people. Super inspiring, yeah. but finding, finding ways to do it that you really love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what Right. Like you just have to find the avenue that works for you. And I think we all, we all can be readers. I think it's all in there. It's just finding what works best for for you. So, and I I love what you're saying about the audiobooks because I use them to fill those dead spots in my day, right? When I'm folding laundry or doing the dishes or things I would have to be doing anyways, I might as well fill it with a story and it's great. Yeah, Yeah, so true. (laughs) Yeah. So do you still read mysteries at this point or you do a lot of mostly personal development? Um, Sometimes. Okay. 
like um someone recommended someone recommended a story to me oh I forget what it's called I'm gonna read it though yeah, yeah but yeah. I'll, read, I'll read like these books and stuff like the the nonfiction or the fiction when it's something too now about kind of the journey of of life right so okay. Paul Coelho did that that one book yeah, the so alchemist popular. yes yeah yes so like ones like that where I'm just like this is like a beautiful story of like coming into life and like how life works and stuff um I know technically Ralph Waldo Emerson is like nonfiction, but to me it reads like a fiction book it's very poetic okay right? sometimes it's like oh I feel like poetry it's like it's a little bit Ralph Waldo Emerson or something <laughs> yeah I've never read anything by him but I'm like you're inspiring me to want to pick it up <laughs> but, yeah it's like all it's philosophical like life and how life works but I like the way he writes it. It just feels very like poetic. So sometimes I'm like, I just want to like chill and listen to Ralph. (laughs) I'm going to have to try it. You've convinced me. (laughs) Okay. Well, and you've been so gracious today to prepare us a book flight. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how the books pair together? So they're all, again, it's actually all the stuff we're talking about, which I love the most, is about just embracing your authenticity, becoming who you are, and just building that into a life, like basically having courage to like live the life that you're meant to live. Um, And each one has a different flavor and a different way to help us do that, which is really cool. Awesome. Do you, so like leaning into your authenticity a little bit, do you think that's something that comes with age or is it something that you can create and hone you can create it we think it comes with age because we wait until we're older to give ourselves permission (laughs) to do it yeah we don't have to wait and that's the beauty it's so funny I I, the community I live in it's more of a retirement community and my favorite individuals to hang out with are the retired individuals because at a certain age you're like ah I'm done trying to like be who you want me to be like I'm gonna be me you don't have to wait until you're older. You could do that now. It's okay. And the people that you admire the most that you see doing great things in the world, we love them because they gave themselves permission to be themselves now. Yeah. So we kind of attribute it to um, being older, but that doesn't have to happen. You could do it now. Awesome. Okay. You Again, you're inspiring me to do this. So what is the first <laughs> book of our pairing today? Um, so the courage to be disliked and it's by Ashiro Kashima. Oh my God. And one more person. I'm forgetting the name. <laughs> uh, I have Fumitaki Koga. Thank you. Okay. All yeah. right. Awesome. And, yeah. and it's really cool. It's actually, it's based on Alfred Adler's principles, like philosophical kind of psychological principles. And it's helping someone get to the other side of basically their own unhappiness. But the way that it's written, it's a dialogue between the philosopher using Alfred Adler's principle and the student. So it's really relatable. And the way that they do it, and and it's cool because you hear the student argue and he's like, but you're telling me this. And then the the philosopher comes in and kind of like gives some insights and some information to help them transform their perception to find the happiness from within. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, even with that title, I got this moment of like the courage to be disliked, right? Like that is something that I think is hard for us. Like I might Mm -hmm. step out here and be disliked for it, but owning that. And this is cool too, because right now we perceive like if we're nice, we can sort of like if we're nice and we do something someone else wants to do as opposed to doing what we want to do, 
we think we escape being disliked, but if you take a look at your life today, you could see all the people who don't like you sometimes for reasons that someone else thinks you're amazing. And so we're never escaping it anyways. Like you'll never get rid of it. Half the people around you are going to hate you. Half are going to love you. Stop worrying about the people who hate you. Go be yourself. Weed them out earlier on. Like don't invest that much time trying to get them to like you. There's a whole group of people that are going to love and appreciate you just the way you are, you know? So it's like, when I say the courage to be disliked, it's funny because we think we need courage, but if you actually took a a stock of your life, you'd realize a lot of people already dislike me and they have disliked me when I am myself, when I'm more challenging, but I'm still the same person with this group. And I've been just as challenging with them and they just love me still. And it's like, Oh, Okay. I can be myself. I can be loved. I actually don't need courage. It's already happening. Like it exists in my world. And then we realize like it's actually at your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. You can see yourself. Yeah. Oh, cool. And did you read this one as an audiobook? I've done both. Okay. Cause I was like, it sounds like it would be fun as an audiobook with that dialogue back and forth. So yeah. Cause they make it like almost like you'd see in a movie, right? So they have the kid's voice in it and the adult voice. So it actually is really fun as an audiobook. Okay. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to add about that one? Yeah. So it's really cool too, because it's, I would say whether you're a new reader or an old reader, like you're going to get great insights and aha moments, especially it's the relatability that'll happen naturally. And then if you're like new to all this stuff, like you're still going to get insights and it's explained in such a way. It's just so applicable to -to day-to-day life. It's like, it takes philosophy and it takes all these components and it just makes it really applicable and realizing like how much control that you have over your feelings, your perceptions, right? Because when we regain control of our perceptions, we, we take different actions. We make different decisions, you know, and then the outside world doesn't dictate what your life is going to look like. Cause if you can control how you feel about any situation, basically nothing's going to stop you from doing what you love, you know? So I love, like, it's just so important to remember that, like finding that component within where you learn how to reframe things that are going on so that those feelings don't impact you and it doesn't stop you from being on your life's mission. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like as you're talking about this, I'm like, oh, I need to read this just to talk to my kids about it because I feel like I try to tell them like the only thing we can control in any situation is ourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like we cannot control what people are thinking about us, what they're perceiving. Like we can't control any of that. So, I mean, it'd be good for me to read too, but I'm also thinking like these values I'm trying to teach my kids along the way. I think this could be very applicable there. I agree. And for them to learn like at a young age, just to just be more at ease with the ebbs and flows of what life really is. Instead of just life should be this way. Life should be this way. We get so upset and we get so sad and we get depressed when life doesn't turn out in the way that we thought it should, instead of appreciating like what it is, you know, so starting them off young is it's inspiring. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So that is the courage to be disliked by Ishiro Kishimi and Fumitaki Koga. What is the second book of the pairing today? So The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And he actually won a Pulitzer Prize for that one after he passed away. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very important piece in kind of the world of philosophical books, right? But he's diving into the meaning of life. And the interesting thing is, it's not just about him. He's building on the different works of like Kierkegaard, Freud, Brown, Rank, and he's taking it and he's putting it in a way. Again, he's like, he's standing on the shoulders of giants and he's compiling it in a way to give us the specific message. Right. Yeah. What I love about it is how he talks about conformity where we conform to the collective idea of a hero. And this is cool. Cause if we think of this, right, the collective idea of what a hero should look like in the United States is different than what a hero is going to look like in Afghanistan, yeah. in Africa, in Italy. And so we subordinate to a collective idea of what a hero is, where everywhere in the world, a hero is a little different. So who's right and who's wrong? Yeah. Maybe nobody's right and nobody's wrong, but we're all trying to be these heroes instead of just being ourselves, just yeah. be yourself. And it's because of the pride. So he talks about that too, where it's like the pride that we have for being this person and we want to be great. And the crazy thing is, is the people who have been really great and made the biggest impact, we don't love them because they're out there like, I'm amazing and I'm a hero. <laughs> yeah. We love them because they're just dedicated to helping people. So it's like when you move beyond that super ego, right? The super ego of, I need to be great. Sure. I need to be amazing. You tap into what's truly there, which is just the authentic value of every human being on this planet to like help other people. Like we love other people. We just want to like, I've never met one person who doesn't want to be of service in some way, shape or form. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that component. And then we deny death, right? We deny death and we act, we act like we're immortal, And we put all of our life aside and all the things that we think are important. We say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then decades can pass and you've never done it. And we deny the existence of death because we fear it. But in the process of it, we're actually getting closer and closer to it without living a life that we love. And so I just, I love this book. It's like, we're not here to deny death. We're here to understand its existence. It's, it's process in our natural cycle. And the more that you actually understand, like, I mean, it's inevitable. We're all going to die. Like, well, what would you love to do today then that you haven't done yet? And don't forget, like, you're going to, that's it. You're going to die. Yeah. And so whatever you would love to do, I suggest you get started. Yeah. Cause life is that important and you'll never be back. Even if you get reincarnated, you're never coming back as you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but you'll never come back as you. This is your only chance to be you take it. You know? So I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, it makes me think I, I lost my dad when I was like in my mid twenties, I guess. And it has yeah. get, it spurred me, I think in my life to be realize life is short, so you short. know, and he, so it, it has changed the way I've thought about a lot of things and how we tackle certain things or maybe things we'd want to do and just, and again, just, just see this world and live in this world because it's like, you, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And it was a crappy lesson to learn. Right. But like it changed my, per, the way I handle or make yeah. choices in my life. Yeah. I think what's beautiful about that too, is like, we look at life and and the gifts it gives us in ways that we don't understand. And it makes me want to cry, but your, your dad's death actually brought you life, yeah. right? Like he gave you permission to remember to just wake up every day. And, and like, what, what gift, like you're a parent, like if you could give that gift to your kids, it's like the ultimate gift. Yeah. 
yeah, to have them waking up every day being like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. Yeah. So, yeah. We, yeah, he, uh, he actually passed away and my husband found out like the next week that he had gotten into the Navy and he was like, okay, like, where are we going to go? And I'm like, I cannot make that decision. Like I am in, like, I was just in such a state mm-hmm. of grief. I'm like, I'm not thinking at all. Like I cannot. And, but like you said, at the same token, like my dad, he had been chronically ill for five years and I'm an only child. So I was the primary caregiver. I would have never been able to leave never. if that, you know, and like, I'm not saying it was a good thing, but like, just again, like you said, that gift of life. And now mm-hmm. I look at death of like, well, I want it to have meaning, right? Like, what is this here to teach me? That's how I kind of look at these tougher situations. The question I tell myself is, okay, this is going to suck to go through it, but mm-hmm. what what's this here to teach me? what is a teachable moment in my life so oh that's actually yeah and your dad was he like big on um big on you like living your life oh yeah okay so yeah because even like there's so much meaning and purpose and things like beyond what we understand but I can't imagine your dad saying and and holding on for longer knowing that he would impact that for you he would have like he would have hated that like he would have hated hated yeah like he would have felt like a burden and he already did right Mm -hmm. like your daughter's taking care of you and not that I think I made him feel that way just but I think that's a really hard situation yeah right it's like inside him so the gift of even letting himself leave yeah to like the father he would love to be yeah yeah kudos to my mom I know she listens to the show but kudos to my mom that like after that was like Kara go like take your wings and go and like I mean she's still in Chicago and we haven't lived in Chicago you know in 12 years now and it's like kudos to her for letting me fly right and like because I'm like oh as a parent right like I'd want to hold on to my kids and let them be close and she's like live your life yeah like she go do it yeah so kudos to her beautiful family oh thank you well I'm sorry we totally digressed into like my personal life but But that's what books do right and this is it I mean and this is what I'm like I think this is what we're trying to share with everyone in the audience too like this is what books do books get you to think about your life it gets you to see it in a different way you know, it gets you appreciate everything. Remember all the things you've gone through, all the things you love, all the things you've created. Yeah. That's a book. Yeah. That's a book. Yeah. Does he talk about in there in relation to death? Does he talk about the perspectives from other cultures too? Because I, oh, I don't remember him talking about okay. that. But that's cool. Because I that's sometimes cool. feel like as Americans, we don't yeah. deal with death very well. Where like other cultures, they celebrate the whole spectrum of life a lot better than we do. Yeah, we, t- it's, it's so cool that you say that. Cause, um, I think he touches on it a little bit, Okay, but I know there's tons of books out there where we could study how other people celebrate death in a sense. And, and even Cinco de Mayo, it's the day of the dead. It's a celebration where we're celebrating someone's life and what they've done, but we're also celebrating where they're going next. Yeah. And we don't know what that is. And we don't even know, like, we can't even label it as good or bad. There's no evidence anywhere of anything, nothing. We all have our guesstimates and stuff, but we don't know if there's actually good or bad. We don't know where we're going next. But what we do know is we're just going to the next journey. Yeah, That's it. And so it's like, there's other cultures that celebrate that as the next step. And this is actually cool too, because even the Indian culture, my husband's Indian and he's Sikh, right? Okay. They have a very different perspective on grieving. And it was cool because his grandma, um, like a week before she passed away, it was like five days called and said, I don't want you to grieve me when I'm gone. She said, if you really love me, there's nothing to grieve. Oh. You know? 
There's yeah. nothing to grieve because you love and appreciate the time she had here, yeah. but you're not like, you're not missing her because you, you, you just love all of her. And you know, that it's time for her to move time for her to move on. And you're seeing the greater, grander picture. Yeah. And, and then she passed away like five days later. And it was wow. so beautiful that they got to have that conversation, but yeah, the cultures are very different. Yeah. And absolutely. I feel like I had to tell myself that with my dad a lot of like, he wouldn't want me wallowing, you know, like he wants to see where I can take this life, you know? And I think if you can just shift that perspective, I mean, it still hurts and it's, you're still grieving, but they would want you to live your life to the fullest, right? And it sounds like your husband's Mm -hmm. grandmother was just that she gave him the words to say that ahead of time. It's so true. It's so true. And I, and even the same, like we think about us, like if we passed away, what would we want? I would, I would not want you to be devastated for the next year. I would want you to live your life. Yeah. I don't want that to impact you. I don't want that to stop you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's an Go do the things that I couldn't do, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll just write a list. Yeah. yeah that's our goal. Go do this. And each time you do it, you get extra cash. Yeah. You get to inherit my bucket <laughs> list. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add about that book? I don't think so. It's really okay. good. Book. All right. Like, go enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> so that was The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. And then what's the last book of our pairing today? So The Values Factor by John Demartini. Okay. Yeah. And I picked this one because it's a little bit more of a modern twist on it all, right? And so John, he dives into, so there's the study of axiology and there's this whole study around axiology, which is the study of meaning and purpose in life. Right. Okay, thank you. Cause I was like, I don't know what that yeah. is. Help me out yeah. here. <laughs> Nobody really reads about it. Someone might like be like, Oh, I know that, but most people don't actually even know about it. Okay. Um, it's a very small study, which is interesting considering like how fulfilled we feel when we find the meaning in our life. Uh, but it's interesting too, because, because there's not a lot of information on it, like some of the books can be a little dry, right? Yeah. So I like that John kind of dove in between the philosophical components of the meaning of life and his study of axiology. And again, did a compilation and reworded it in a more modern tone. Like I do appreciate that. And so it's more applicable present day, you know, and I think too, like when we think about books, you know, like it's so fun to read where it originates, but it can be a little bit dry. Like if we're reading a book um, like the Vedas or something, and it's telling me to go meditate in a cave for a year, that's really not how life works anymore. You know, (laughs) I appreciated Osho after that because he's like, you're not going to sit in a cave. He's like, figure out how to meditate and walk. And I was like, thanks Osho. I don't want to sit in a cave. I really like being in the city. Yeah. Like, to walk and meditate like so um i appreciate when this stuff is kind of modernized for us and when you look at this it's basically a practical application of purpose and meaning that we give to life kind of how to understand it for one like each person ourselves even how to identify it in other people as well and then also just being able to figure out how to create lives around it right And because the interesting thing is like, we'll procrastinate on things and we'll beat ourselves up and we'll say, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. And I haven't done this, but what we're not paying attention to is that while you're not doing this thing that you think you should be doing, should, shooting yourself, you're doing what you want. You're actually doing what you want, Hmm. right? Exactly what you want and paying attention to what that want is. Cause the more you focus on that. And the less you stop judging yourself for all the crap that you think you should be doing, the more that you're going to feel fulfilled on a daily basis because you don't actually want to do the thing that you should be doing or you'd be doing it. You'd be doing it 
And sometimes people say, but Carly, but it's really important for me to make money, you know? And quite frankly, if it was that important to you, you would be making more, but you're prioritizing something that's more important. And you're not like into the lifestyle mm. and spending all the cash like everyone else. So you might think you need to make all this money, but the truth is you're probably very comfortable living the way you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Love and appreciate yourself for who you are and figure out how you're spending your day. And then if you want to be financially independent later, figure out what that costs you to live that fulfilling life. Cause I bet you it's a lot less than you're subordinating to, and you're shutting yourself on and yeah. then go invest your time in what you love. Instead of thinking that you have to sit down and do all this crap, you know, just, yeah, the, the whole purpose in life is not to go do something that someone else is doing or have what someone else has is the purpose of life is like to find out what that looks like for you and go create that for yourself and love yourself along the way. Yeah. Sometimes the greatness is just, is in such a small form, you don't even realize it. Eleanor Roosevelt, um, her mission statement was to create, or no, was it Roosevelt? I think it was Roosevelt. It's Roosevelt or Kennedy. I do this all the time. My husband corrects me later. He's like, Carly, so-and-so. And oh, like, I oh. probably wouldn't know. So you can tell me either or. <laughs> One of them, both are super inspiring. They also have books, by the way. Um, is to create a family of world leaders. I think it was Kennedy. I think it was Rose Kennedy. Okay. Um, it's Rose Kennedy. So her mission statement was cre to create a, a, a family of world leaders. And she did. Yeah. So basically like, here's a person whose highest value is being a mom. That's it. And she's like, this is the kind of mom I want to be. Yeah. And if someone sits there and says, well, being a mom isn't enough. then the Kennedys are not the Kennedys. Yeah. So stop judging yourself. Be who you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think like what you're saying, right, is the next person's purpose is not, none of our purposes here are going to be the same at all. So you can't nope. emulate what they're doing and expect yeah. it to fulfill your purpose either. Yeah. And I think like this was beautifully said by a friend of mine as well. He got to, he said he got to watch this guy and he, he dug ditches, right? He dug okay. ditches for water right for water and at first like he's like yeah it wasn't like super inspiring to um actually watch this guy like like it's not something I would want to do and the guy said do you know why I do this and he's like why and he's like because every time I dig a ditch he said I'm making sure that water goes to all these towns and he said so because of me everyone has water and everyone's thriving yeah. and he, he was so fulfilled in just digging ditches because of what he knew he was creating. So it's like, we could, we could, you could drive by someone and just be like, Oh, I feel so bad for them. They have to dig ditches all day when inside that person, which is we go back to the courage to be disliked yeah. is loving, appreciating themselves for who they are and saying, this is actually so fulfilling for me. You guys can think whatever you want about me, but look at the world I'm changing. Look at the impact I'm getting to make. And so it's like, it's really all about our perceptions and what do you love to do? You know, what do you love to do and, and who needs that in the world? And it's like, just go out and do it. Make money off of doing something you love. It's really, it's yeah. inspiring our life. Yeah. We have so many possibilities. Yeah. Well, these sound like all these books definitely need to be read in a book flight for sure, because they all sound like they would tie off, you know, of one another. And that's exactly what it's supposed to be, right? They complement each other. But I think this would give you a very good picture about why you're here, right? Like, what is your calling? What is your purpose? Whatever you want that to be your vocation, whatever you want to call that term. But this would give you a very 
good picture of that and that this book I'm like oh I, I want to read that one because this one's good too yeah I think just even taking that step back of like what what do we want what am I what am I doing in my day because it's what I'm doing what I want to do in my day right and taking a look yeah. at what that is versus what I should be doing <laughs> yeah yeah like I could have woken up this morning and be like oh I should work because I'm an entrepreneur and I should work and I should get ahead of things but I didn't I walked my dog I went to the lake and we spent some extra time because there was like an off-leash opportunity. And I yeah. I left and I was like, this was so inspiring. This was the most inspiring morning. So because I did what I loved, like even showing up on this call, like I feel more alive. I feel more inspired. I'm more full of that life force and energy because I let it flow from what I love the most, not what someone else told me I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing these. That was The Values Factor by John Demartini. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Well, I just, again, like, thank you so much. I feel like the, this will be a really inspiring episode for all of us. And these books will be great for that. Um, I love to close our show with the bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions. So you can answer these really quick. Where okay. is your favorite place to read? Oh, definitely audiobooks in nature. Okay. Love it. <laughs> And then what is one book you have read that has changed your life? Oh my gosh. One book that I have read that has changed my life. Uh, do you know what's funny? The first thing it's, it's taking me back to childhood with Emil Zola and just, and, and just capturing the travel and the essence of other cultures and worlds. I think it really opened me up to the existence of so much more. Awesome. Okay. And then are you a rereader? Yes. <laughs> All my favorites, but I won't reread if, um, if it's not like my favorite. Okay. All right. And then lastly, what are you reading next? Uh, okay. So right now I have a couple things. I have the Socrates and Plato dialogues, so I'm okay. reading that. but then I'm also reading about the JP Morgan crash. Okay. And then I have some market failure things coming up. Cause I was like, I'm going to slam my brain right now with all the fun things that go on in markets. So I can understand how our economy works. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That would be something I would need to deep dive yeah. in myself yeah. to understand. And not all books are dull. Like, by the way, guys, like the, the intelligent investor is an amazing book, but it's very heady, like, okay. it's like going well, but there's so many other books, like the Lehman brothers book, like that sounds like a story and a movie. And yeah. it's really fun. That's what I think I need. Like I can, I've realized now I can read nonfiction, but I like when it has a storyline or it kind of feels like a story as you're reading it or the transformation, if it's a biography or a memoir or something like that. So yeah. I, you know, the more I read, the more I, you know, take notes of what I like and what, you know, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Totally. So, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I so appreciate your time and I know it's precious. So I appreciate what you've given me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today with Carly Pepin and her book flight of books on creating meaning in your life through your inspired purpose. We'd love to hear what other books you would pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. 
follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show. So if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.